Welcome to Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet. Each and every week, we get to talk to new and exciting people about whatever is on their mind and what's important to them, whether it's health, overcoming addiction, spirituality, finding God, uh, politics, conspiracy, you name it, we cover it. So it's an honor and a blessing to have you join us. I look forward to meeting you and thank you so much for tuning in. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet. This is episode number 93, and today I have a lovely returning guest with me today, as well as a beauty that I absolutely love. So, Emmanuel, we will start with you first. Welcome back. It is so nice to have you back with me again. Thank you so much for having me back. You are definitely one of my favorite hosts, though it was like a therapy session when I was here last time. And listening back to it, I was like, wow, it, it sounds like that too. So thank you so much for having me back. Uh, that's why people always used to call me doctor, I guess. I'm not a doctor, but I did play one on TV. No, just kidding. <laughs> anyway, it's a pleasure to have you back. And for people who don't know uh, either one of these lovely individuals, which I will get to Miss Mimi in a moment. Um, they are from Godcast, Goodness Over Darkness podcast. And if you have not checked it out, make sure that you go and do that because it's a fantastic show and he has a lot of really great guests on. So Miss Mimi, you are a Deplorable Nation uh, virgin. So welcome <laughs> today. Yes, I'm so excited you. to have you. I'm excited to be in person again with you. <laughs> You're such a lovely individual, and you always like have the biggest light. So I'm super happy that you're oh, here thank today. You. You're thank welcome. you. After the show, I might have some Dr. Janet questions. <laughs> <laughs> Those are always good times. Good times. Yes. So today we are going to talk about. Uh, a lovely eight-part series that he did on Christ's Millennial Kingdom. Um, for people that have not watched it, make sure that you go check that out. And where can they find that at, my dear? They can find that on my YouTube channel, Goodness Over Darkness. And I also have it on my RSS feed, but I think the visuals uh, really do it more justice uh, because I go through slides, there's like 250 slides over those eight parts that I lay out a lot of information and, uh, you know, the visuals just really help. So goodness over darkness on YouTube. And I have a playlist that says Christ millennial kingdom. And you can just click on that and you can watch it all yourself. There you go. So, um, for people that don't know what we're talking about, how would you explain this to them? Okay. Well, so I know that's a very, <laughs> that's a very deep, uh, and could be very lengthy question. <laughs> mm -hmm. it, it could be. I'll try to keep it short, though. But uh, uh, what most conspiracy theorists know as Tartaria, when, you know, if someone starts at understanding what Tartaria may have been with this free energy and this worldwide civilization and churches weren't for religion, they were for healing because of the way that the windows are set up and cymatics and wind mm -hmm. and the or pipe organs or organ pipes, however you say it, and all that stuff. If you understand all of that, well, that's Christ's millennial kingdom and it has happened already. And if you don't understand what Tartaria is, 
I will just give you the biblical version of what the millennial kingdom is briefly, is that in the book of Revelation, it says that there will be a thousand year period of peace where the adversary, aka Satan, will be bound in the pit and humanity will have Christ reigning. So there's this thousand year period that happens. And then after that, Satan gets released from the pit to deceive all the nations uh, and he's allowed to do this for a short season. And then after that is the eternal heaven, new earth, new heaven, new Jerusalem, whatever. So there is a time period of complete peace. And then Satan wreaks havoc again. And then there's the real peace that lasts longer than a thousand years is after that. So that's what the millennial kingdom is biblically. So... It, putting it in other terms for people, um, because there's <clears throat> multiple different schools of belief on this. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Um, so in the millennial kingdom, in uh, eschat- eschatologically speaking, um, what they believe is that's basically our uh, paradise on earth or, quote, heaven on earth. And like you said, with... Um, all of the cathedrals and the healing centers. Uh, anybody that listens to the Great Deception podcast, you know that uh, Mr. Matt has talked about this before with um, cathedrals and healing waters and the energies and, and energy centers, basically, and uh, things like that. And Star you know, Forts. Star Forts, yeah. Star Forts and healing <laughs> yes. frequencies and things like that. Mm-hmm. That that's um exactly what we're talking about and so what is or when you were doing this series did you tie in um like what the pre-millennials believe or what post-millennials believe yeah so my first part of the series that's it's only like 14 15 minutes long and that's exactly what it's covering what the viewpoints are. And actually, I don't think that I fall into any of the viewpoints specifically. Uh, I think that there's a combination of things going on. Uh, like mm-hmm. anything, I I hear everything out and then I will, uh, you know, go check the, a, a little bit. Uh, I will check a little bit into everything and try to piece it together myself. You know, that's mm-hmm. how I really try to operate. So... Uh, yeah, in the first part, I break down the post-millennialism as well as the preterism. So, like I said, I don't, I'm not a preterist in thinking that we're in the millennial kingdom now. That's what preterism uh, believes, that when Christ died, we entered the millennial kingdom and he is ruling from a spiritual throne, which I do think that that's happening to a degree. But I believe that there was—I don't think that the earth is in peace right now. And uh, post-millennial— uh, ism thinks that it's a future event that hasn't occurred yet mm-hmm. and to me it has occurred and all the evidence is all around us so i don't fall into either camp but i do bring you know all the four different viewpoints from christians and i also bring an islamic viewpoint of what it would be like when jesus returns because they also believe that it will be the he it's odd but the muslim uh return of Jesus is the same as the Christian return of Jesus and is the same as the Jewish Messiah all in one is that he ends all of the suffering of humanity 
and saves us all. And uh, Islam, oddly enough, that it's not uh, known, is that they think Jesus is that exact figure. So uh, it's it's weird to hear that when we're in a Western society and we think that they worship Muhammad as God, which is just uh, completely off base. They actually use all the biblical prophets the same way that Christianity does. Uh, I mean, it's it's almost like exactly with Christianity and Judaism, except they use the law of Muhammad versus Judaism uses the law of Moses and Christianity uses the law of Moses. So they slightly differ there. And uh, Christianity doesn't believe Muhammad was a prophet and and Judaism doesn't believe in Jesus as being uh, a prophet or uh, the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Some do believe as a prophet. So they differ slightly, but it's uh, the similarities in them you will find is very close when you start to look at all of them. So, Mamie, let me ask you a question. <clears throat> do you think that um, different religious sects or uh, factions basically were set up to uh, divide and conquer Christ's people. I think a lot of things are set up to divide and conquer, (laughs) and you can just look around you right now and see that. And that's why I always say that, you know, if you don't think that Satan is loosed right now, I don't know what you're looking at. I don't know Mm -hmm. what where you're living. Yeah, I, and I, I do think, uh, yeah, I do think that. And I was going to say, I think um, on your point and along those lines is that um, look at the behavior of people mm. nowadays and how people are so, um, I like to say, easily triggered. I was just going to say, they, they don't call it a trigger <laughs> for no reason. Like it is literally a trigger. <laughs> Yeah, and it's and I think there's so many people that kind of have lost their way, or uh, basically lost what it means to be human, I or to they, be loving to other people. I think they just have become used to blindly following whatever they're told. Yeah. You know, it's you're supposed to respect your teacher and your mother and. And, you know, all these people that we learn from, but there comes a point where you have the, you have to question things. You have to, you have to research and you Mm -hmm. have to question things. You cannot blindly believe anything, especially now. And I think that's what the hardest part for Christians to accept that the millennial kingdom has happened is that they believe they're going to be raptured away before all the bad stuff happens. Mm -hmm. And that's what they've been told their whole lives. If you're a good person, you're going to be raptured away. You're not going to have to deal with that stuff. And it's very hard for someone to accept that uh, the rapture already occurred and we ain't getting raptured out of here. We're dealing with the events in the, you know, in these coming days uh, that uh, the tribulation isn't here. The tribulation happened, but there's a fake tribulation uh, occurring right now that's leading to a I believe a final tribulation that will be a real thing before the great white throne judgment as it's called in the bible but yeah like mimi and you were just saying it's the indoctrination of belief and it's it can be something so subtle that you know you just believe and and it is 
a good thing to be a good person and there, it does have a lot of meaning but mm-hmm. we're not just going to be out of here when right before bad and, things happen and the funny thing to me is um the teachings that go on in churches and how very different each each church is yeah. and each church's interpretation of the bible and you know how they can differ and and vary so much from you know what is actually written and it's almost like um I liken it to going to uh, two different colleges, you know, like you're going to Hillsdale College and they will teach you the actual Bible and the way the Bible was written. And then you can go to like uh, NYU or something. And then you have a completely mm-hmm. opposite 360 view of, of what the Bible says and what it's teaching. It's the emphasis they put on certain parts of it. Yeah, I grew mm-hmm. up going to you know Catholic school, so I had to attend church a lot. Mm-hmm. And then as I grew up, I decided to try other churches. I've tried Baptist church, mm-hmm. I've tried Methodist church, I've tried a Pentecostal church. And you do see that the differences, and you do see some similarities. But I think each church tends to focus on certain points in the Bible, and then they just mm-hmm. stick with those, and they don't they right. don't. Uh, go anywhere past that. Right. You know, they just drill these couple of things in you. And you can't question, you can't mm-hmm. question anywhere. You can't, especially can't question in a church. Right. And they say, how dare you question God? Mm-hmm. And that's what people will run to. They run to this place where we can't do that. That's impossible to think that those things, what are you questioning God? Do you think God failed when he didn't kill all the Nephilim with the flood? Uh, you know, people have these preposterous ideas that uh, that they build inside themselves. Like, you can't question. God doesn't fail. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, he doesn't fail. But he also mm-hmm. made Eve and she sinned. And, you know, <laughs> so obviously well, he does things on purpose. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say when you're talking about, um, like, that you believe that this has already happened and there's not going to be, you know, a rapture where quote, good people are are taken and spared from having to see atrocities basically on earth. And here's my thinking, and I tell people this all of the time, you have to be grateful for everything you go through, even the bad, Mm -hmm. because that tests your will, your resolve, your faith, and your inner self to see what kind of person that you are. And that's why I think a lot of people have the misnomer with uh, religion that if you just say, um, I accept God, but he knows in your heart that you don't and that you're not all in, Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that you're going to be saved. Right. Everyone knows what they mean when they say something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it took me a long time to be grateful for bad experiences mm-hmm. yeah. and, and, it and does. You know, just today i was like outside sitting outside and i'm like thank you for for the good and the bad because i wouldn't be right here right now without any of right. that right right and i think um for a lot of us too especially um i know us right here as of right now um 
I think we were put here during this time for a specific purpose and a specific reason because we do have the will and the resolve to withstand things and withstand the yeah and and withstand the test um, that we will be put through and a lot of people don't understand when I say test um, things happen to you because it's temptation it's temptation by the devil to see if you are going to uh, give in or mm-hmm. if you are going to steadfastly stand in your faith. Well, it's interesting that you use that choice of words because I said to Mimi this morning because I had <laughs> yesterday I had something happen to me where I'm like, you know, what the f? But but I held myself back and I didn't react. And then this morning something else occurred. So this morning we're on the phone, which usually we're not on the phone early in the morning. But this was I don't even want to get into it. But it was something that you know I needed to talk about. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just like you know, on one hand, it's satan trying to pull me into the darkness but on the other hand i see it's mm-hmm. god uh strengthen strengthening me and preparing me to act the way i would if i were in heaven and mm-hmm. if i still react this way then i'm not going to be in heaven but if i recognize that i shouldn't react this way then right. i will stop doing it and that is true repentance you know you don't right. get to just at the end of your life say oh forgive me, I believe in Jesus and you're saved. That's right. that's right. not what repentance is. That's not what forgiveness is. It's right. uh, a through a process of walking you through your life decisions. Now, maybe some people have a very traumatic ending and maybe they do make it into heaven, but maybe, but it's always the true repentance in your heart. And maybe you're having a heart attack out of nowhere and dying, maybe that is your repentance. Maybe God mm-hmm. saw that your heart was breaking where you were so much so that he goes, okay, that is suffrage enough. That is your forgiveness. So maybe mm-hmm. that does happen in some cases. But for the most part, I think that uh, for myself, I'll test to my own uh, being saved by Christ, is that he walks me through my decision making. And he says, can you be better than you were last time when you did this? And I'm like, yeah, I think I can. And then I do it. And then mm-hmm. then it doesn't I don't face that same problem anymore. But until right. I react in a new way, I continue to face that same problem just with different characters. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter if it's my mom, my daughter, Mimi. It's a female character who's reacting to me in a certain way. And if I'm still reacting in the same way. Well, God's like, okay, you haven't learned your lesson. And until I change exactly. it, then I learn my lesson. Then, okay, we can move on from there. And I think that's um, important for a lot of people to hear because people's behavior to me reminds me of them banging their head on the wall repeatedly and then not understanding why their head hurts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know that, that may me. sound I know that may sound funny to a lot of people, but honestly that's a good analogy because so true. um like if you have the same repetitive behavior, you know, and you do it over and over again and you react the same way to every situation and you always come out with anger and frustration and then you wonder why more anger and frustration (laughs) comes to you that is why because you're not learning and changing your behavior it's the definition of insanity and that it was something something that small applied in my life when i just thought of one time i was like 
okay, well, the definition of insanity is if you do the same thing, if you continue mm-hmm. to do the same thing and expect different results. And right. I was like, okay, well, let me do something different. And what ended up happening is I saw my physical reality change immediately upon me forcing myself to change how I was reacting. And mm-hmm. it was magnifying. And I was like, my thoughts are creating reality, you know, partially at least, and all these different things. And it was like, okay, I experimented with how the algorithms of life work and I see truth there and I mm-hmm. haven't stopped doing that since. So it, it's incredible. Yeah, and we tend to, you. we tend to react instead of take a minute to respond. And mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable to, to take that minute sometimes mm-hmm. because you feel like you have to answer or you have to say something or you mm-hmm. have to do something right away, but you, you don't. That's the choice that you're making. You're, the choice is that you're trying to do something instantly instead of take a minute, right. take a breath, and then respond. So when you're thinking in terms of people's behavior and relating it um, to the biblical sense, and why, and that's the one thing a lot of people are like, oh, you have a very smiteful God. Um, he, God is like a parent um, because he loves all of his children, which is all us uh, humans. And so uh, when you have disobedient children, do you get upset? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like... Uh- I love using the example because everyone can relate to this. Uh, If you have a young child and they go to touch the hot stove and you smack their hand away, are you being smiteful? Are you being a horrible person because you won't let your child do what they want to do? Or Mm -hmm. are you seeing a larger picture and stopping your child from hurting themselves Mm -hmm. when they are about to really hurt themselves? Mm -hmm. And people do not look at it for the general sense. You know, people do not look at it in that way they're like but i want to do this and it's like a a little whiny kid like if you imagine like we are god's children it's like a little Mm -hmm. whiny kid like i want to do that and it's like well you're not getting it it's just throwing a temper (laughs) tantrum and saying i rebel god doesn't exist you know all we go off on our tantrums and this is something that i did my so you know i can speak to myself at least that this is how we act like babies And Mm -hmm. once we start to mature spiritually, then we can start to see, and it takes a physical maturation in becoming an adult and in dealing with children and realizing like, oh, I get what God was going through now. I get what my parents were going through. I get what God is going through and so on and so forth. Right. And I think um, that's such an important lesson for a lot of people that are like, you know, talking about how God is is spiteful and smiteful and uh, punishing people and stuff. It is really no different than than parenthood or uh, getting in trouble at your job or whatever, because you have to learn from your mistakes mm-hmm. and you have to learn from your behavior. And the way I see the Old Testament is that that is what he was trying to do look, knock off your behavior, uh, stop the, you know, alcoholism, stop the sexual debauchery, you know, 
where is that, where's that going to get you in life? You're, you know, oh, you wound up with herpes. Well, you know, do the same thing over again. And so that's what the whole book is about to me is trying to get people to understand the mistakes that they were making to prepare them for what was to come in the future. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. the the number one mistake people make about the Old Testament is they assume that it is about humanity and humanity alone because we look around mm-hmm. and we see humanity, but it isn't that. It's mm-hmm. the serpent seed, which mm-hmm. I know you had a great episode on not too long ago. Mm-hmm. There's there's Thank a you. serpent seed, Satan's seed, the reptilian ruling parasitic class, right. and then there's humanity. And right. this parasitic ruling class their fathers and forefathers were the fallen angels. The fallen mm-hmm. angels had slept with human women, created the Nephilim. The right. fallen angels, in conjunction with the Nephilim, are the serpent seed. And because they're the serpent seed, because fallen angels are seraphim, which are serpent angels, and not all of them, but most of them dragons, as we would know it. And what was going on, was that they were destroying God's creation. God created Adam and Eve in the middle of these dinosaurs, literally these terrible lizards. That's what dinosaur means. And so it was giants and dinosaurs running around the earth, and God creates his creation, perfect creation that can't be touched, Adam and Eve. Eve sins and opens herself up to the entire external world. Adam goes along with her, and then from there, There are multiple things happening, and God is telling Joshua, go kill every uh, father, mother, and child. Not humans. These are not humans. These are hybrids. These are Nephilim. They are abominations that were never meant to be created, that were killing humans. And God was saying the only way to do it is to destroy all of them, sends the flood to physically destroy all of them. So now they exist as demons in the spirit realm, but they can't physically harm us in the same way. But because they can't do that uh, in the same manner, or at at least to a much lesser degree, people look around the landscape of the earth. They don't see giants being uh, eating children in the middle of public, but we see in the conspiracy theory community, children being sacrificed to Moloch and and Minerva and, and so on and so forth. That is the same thing. But they are now demonic spirits, so they aren't physically here doing what they want. Why? Why people say, uh, if this is true, you know, why are they so in our face with it? Why are they so open about it? Because they have to be. Because they always were. But now their offspring that are physical are equal to us. Well, less than us in a, a grand sense, but they are humans mostly. So. If that was going on, we would stop that. If we knew for sure, if everyone didn't have this spell and veil over them, this magic Mm -hmm. that is going on, then we would stop them. So they have to say things in the public. They do it this way, not because of that's how magic works, but because free will is the overriding uh, factor above all, and they can no longer just dominate us with their size and, and strength. Mm-hmm. And they have to, so they do it in these sneaky ways and they use magical practices that the fallen angels and the demonic spirits teach them through the rituals and all the different stuff that they do. Now, 
that to me kind of sounds like our school system, does it not? Oh, yeah. It sounds like that's, a lot of our systems. Yeah, that's how you, you get them started with the language is the first thing, and then school is right behind it. You're well, right. and the reason why that popped into my head after you said that is because um, look at all of the uh, professors and teachers nowadays that are stating um, there's no such thing as pedophilia. It's mm -hmm. now called minor attracted Ugh. adults. Yeah, maps. And Ugh. and they're trying to normalize, you know, this this behavior and tell you that it's okay to uh, have sex with your children or you know incest or you know whatever the case may be and and it's all demonic everything about mm -hmm. that is demonic um the the confusion that goes on in the schools and the classrooms nowadays where they're um confusing your children as to whether they're born a boy or a girl mm. yeah mm -hmm. or you 25 know. different other things they created right, right. <laughs> And here's the thing uh, for parents, and I hope you understand this, and I hope you hear me and hear me loudly. And if you need a reminder, let me know, and I'll give you another one later. Um, but as a parent, if you believe in God, you should teach your children to believe in God, and you should teach your children that you were born a male or a female. Because that is it. All the way back to the beginning of the time, that is the way it is, male and female. There is no confusatory gender. There's no 47 different genders. There's none of that. Mm -hmm. It's male and female, and that's the way that the earth was meant to be. God created right. a man and a woman. Well, the, and the thing is that children may be confused because, A, they're seeing it and hearing about it uh, mm -hmm. in pop culture, which right. uh, social media uh, mostly, but they're right. hearing and seeing about it. But they may feel different or uncomfortable in their body, which a lot of us do. But it's because our food and mm. water right. is messed with on such a large right. scale basis, like literally I, I'm not an Alex Jones fan by any means, uh, but when he's talking about, you know, they're turning the frogs gay, you mm -hmm. know, it was like this big joke about it. But turns out he was true. Uh, it was true because they're messing with our water and our food and right. these chemical imbalances that are in our bodies. Then our children are born because, you know, my chemical imbalance is thrown off. Mimi's chemical imbalance is thrown off. We have a child. Now this child is born one way or the other, you know, to this mm. spectrum of, right. of perversion that is their right. now their DNA that shouldn't be. And now they're confused because now they feel different and they're seeing things on TV and movies, hearing about on social media. And now, oh, it's in the school. And I listen to mm -hmm. my teacher and my teacher has authority. And it's now it's so messed up but uh i i heard this great line earlier that 
everyone gets funneled into a system. That's what the system right. really is. It's the penal right. system. It's the schooling system. It's government right. system, yeah, medical, they, right. yeah, they get, all of the above. They get, you to, they get those that teach schools to stay in school and they all have one set of thinking. There aren't p- people, and I'm not uh, political by any means, but they are always liberal uh, people who are progressive thinking. That is what 95% of teachers are. And it's getting more and more that way because people who aren't that way, they leave school. They don't go to university. They don't hang in those circles. They don't try to think that they're highfalutin with, uh, you know, uh, talking about how fancy they are. That's just not that type of person. So the Mm -hmm. type of person that does that is the type of person that stays around school age kids and teaches them their own ideas because they wish their teachers would have done it when their teachers were more conservative back in the day. But mm-hmm. it's just it's meant to funnel out outside thinkers in whatever system you go down. Right. And and you're 100 percent right on that. And the reason why um, I wanted to bring some of these things into our topic for today was because of the dis- the level of deception and deceit um and talking about uh you know satan being loosed from hell and and on earth and the things that people deal with on a daily basis and sex and sexuality in the school system mm. um is part of that people's depression and anxiety is part of that and all of that stems from look at the um look at the times that we're in now where everything is so uh technologically advanced and so you know everybody's on social media and a lot of people are on you know multiple different platforms and looking for other people to uh, reinforce their behavior or approve their behavior or approve their looks or, you know, whatever. And then a lot of that destroys your personality or you got all the propaganda um, going on in the news. And so that's shaping people's uh, energy level and depression and anxiety and, and things like that. And so when all of those things are are in your life they destroy your self-worth and your and your being and so that's where um satan is trying to take control of you literally in every way shape and form because look at how many people um spend most of their day on social media even if they have a job they're constantly on social media mm-hmm. or they're constantly watching tv or you know, watching movies with all the lovely uh, Disney stuff. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because uh, people might think I'm wearing sunglasses here. These are actually blue blockers that I'm wearing right. here. And I got them a couple weeks ago. And I got to tell you, I've been able to turn off my computer. Uh, I, it was like something kept drawing me to, I was doing three episodes a week for a year. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it was a lot and I love doing it, but, you know, I'm taking a uh, next few weeks off from hosting really uh, outside mm-hmm. of a few things that I've lined up still, but I'm more likely to not go on my computer now and to not pull up the social media. It's like putting these on 
it changed my brain makeup for whatever reason mm-hmm. the not seeing the that blue light is really like i i uh, had all my last episode <laughs> that i have these di- dysonine glasses that help you try to see someone's aura and right. it, it's like uh it comes in this box it's a cool thing and they I've talk about, about the that. movie they live <laughs> and you know there's different memes in there and it's like okay these are the they live glasses and i spent a few hundred bucks on them and i mean they're cool don't get me wrong but then that was like my will getting those glasses thinking that was like they live and then god was like nope 40 bucks to get these and watch it change and my whole world i can literally like see me putting these on and i can see obey you know it's <laughs> or come turn me on you know it, it's so awesome well and and think about this and this may sound really silly um but every screen we have whether it be uh phone ipad computer screen tv whatever they're all black right oh, black, black box boxes and so like you know, mm-hmm. any anybody that follows um, anything in the <laughs> anything in the real world, I'm going to call it not conspiracy mm-hmm. community, but in the real right. world, um, that is where you get your energy and your aura stolen. And I know that sounds nuts for some people, but it is literally true. And if you think about, like I said before. Um, how different people act when they're on social media all the time or when they watch TV all the time or even play video games all the time or whatnot, they become different people and they're, and they're like shells uh, of people or they're very um, quick to anger, easily irritated, whatever the case may be. Now, if you talk to people that are rarely on any kind of device, you're going to notice a huge difference in that person's personality versus someone that sits in front of a screen all day. It's the black cube of Saturn. It's the black mm-hmm. scrying mirror. I mean, look at all of them are square or rectangle, right? It's the black right. cube. And th- these are interdimensional devices that we right. are using to connect with one another. We are manipulating time and space in order to be in front of one another right here and now. Right. And people just, they don't recognize that. It's the same thing John D. and Edward Kelly were doing in the 1500s with their black scrying mirrors. It's the mm-hmm. same entities that they were talking to are the same ones that Jack Parsons let in doing Aleister Crowley's uh, ritual, the Babylon right. working alongside L. Ron Hubbard that then right. the... Uh, the crash of Roswell happened 1947. These, they're the same entities that are inside of our devices. And there's always the question asked that why don't they just turn off the internet? If the internet is such a problem, why don't they just turn it off? Well, they can't because if they did, then they go away. It right. is mother matrix that they use. They, they go around through mother matrix, this black energy, dark energy, black goo, that it's literally etheric and it is dripping over our world. And that is the connectivity. And that's why they need the 5G to be more exact. So it can come to more places. So Project Bluebeam can be more apparent to then steal more energy, to then make (laughs) 6G, to make them. I mean, it's 
all working together to get one thing to get Leviathan, the ancient serpent, the black ancient serpent that's darker than dark, blacker than black, into our physical reality. That is the only thing that all of this is for. And once you have an understanding of that, you can find the way there through transhumanism, through everything that's happened over the last 100 years, 50 years, 30 years, 10 years, two years. You can see that it all leads to that one thing for Agenda 2030. Well, and let me let me ask you guys this question. Um, I know t- a lot of people are very, very big into manifesting, manifesting what you want, um, speaking things into existence. Do you believe in that? Um, do you practice that? And if not, why? You want to take this first? Maybe? I'll take this. Uh, <laughs> I used to do vision boards like on the last day of the year, every year for maybe like three years in a row I did it. Um, and it seemed to work, but there was something different. I didn't just put things on, on a board and look at it. I would actually say a prayer. Like I wasn't trying to manifest, but I would say, uh, you know, dear God, these are the things that I want in my life. You know, like I would ask for them through prayer instead of what I like to call wishing for things. I don't like to call it manifesting. I I like to call it wishing because when you wish all these things that they, you know, wish upon a star, wishing well, you are paying for that somehow. You are paying mm-hmm. for a wish. It will it may be granted, but you're going to pay for it. But when you pray to God, he does not ask for anything in return. You know, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. But I truly believe that prayer is way different than wishing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So manifesting, I would uh, say, is very similar to wishing. Uh, and I'll say that I, okay, you can manifest things that it is a real thing that happens that our thoughts do come to life in front of us and our thoughts are extensions of us to a degree. But when Mm -hmm. you're actively trying to bring things into your life and you're trying to change people and things and circumstances around you Mm -hmm. by your thought and focusing on that thought and doing magical practices and rituals to bring that thought to you, that can happen as well. But I was just going to say like manifesting is like, you're forcing yourself to do the work, right? Well, (laughs) you know, like it works because you (laughs) actually took the steps to do it. Instead of focusing on God, you are focusing on a thing and a material or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it can work. But like Mimi said, there is a trade off to it. But if you are someone who has Christ in your life, or at least, has some belief of Christ in your life, it doesn't work. Not in the least does it work. It actually is the opposite, and you repel those things because God says, stop looking at things. Look at me. Like Mimi said, it's the prayer that you ask for God, and you don't ask for things. A lot of things are as simple as just asking God for them. Why do you have to wish for them? Why do you have to manifest them? Why don't you just ask? And if it is for you, it is for you. And if it is not for you... Don't even ask. It's pray to God and 
give thanks. And things will be right, provided right. for and, you. Right. And God never answers it. the prayer the way that you expect it to be. Right. And it's so much better than you could ever imagine. Right. Just give thanks, be grateful, do God's will, and he'll provide you with things when you're up against the wall and that bill's due and you don't know how it's going to get paid. And then all of a sudden you have enough money for that. And then some somehow, like that's the types of things that happen. Yeah. You get put up against walls and your faith is tested. And are you going to hold strong or are you going to focus on that thing? Try to bring that money right. into your life. And that was truly a worry of mine this entire year. As of today, this very day, a year ago, I put in my resignation at work and was like, I don't know how I'm going to pay these bills, but I'm out of this place. Like I'm out of here. <laughs> and, you know, so of course I worried, but I also prayed a lot, <laughs> you know, and I, also I was going to, I was going to, I would be provided for. Yeah. And that's the thing um, for a lot of people that want to make that, um, positive change in their life and get out of a situation that they don't want to be in anymore as far as work-wise or relationship-wise or whatever. Um, don't have fear. I know it's hard for a lot of people to not worry or not be fearful of stuff, but he will provide for you if you pray and if mm -hmm. you give thanks for things and say, you know, give give your problems to him and be like, you know what, Lord, I can't do this job anymore because it's affecting my health. It's affecting my mm -hmm. ability to focus on you or mm -hmm. focus my good intentions towards you or my good thoughts towards you. So I'm going to give you this problem and I need you to help me. I need right. you to show me what the right answer was. I need you to, you know, whatever. And so one of the reasons why I ask you guys about manifesting. Um, and you hit the nail on the head with what you said. That's why I was like, yay. <laughs> um, but think about how many people um, in the community talk about words and how words are magic, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and there's so many people that are like, no, you can really, you can manifest everything you want into your life. Number one, you don't need material things to, to be joyous. And I mean, truly joyous. Um, happiness is, is temporary. Joy is everlasting. And I know that a lot of people don't understand that, but it's really true. Um, but think about, we were talking about the mirrors, right? And the devices and how everything's black. How many people sit in their home and quote, manifest what they want in their life? And how many of those black cubes do you have around your house? Oh, yeah. And yeah, so you're you're manifesting and you're putting your energy out and those are portals. Oh yeah. And I know that sounds like berserk to some people, but those are literally portals and so you are putting that energy out, you're manifesting evil back through that into your life. 
Yeah, well, psychedelics, uh, Oculus, you know, uh, VR, mm -hmm. uh, outer space. When right. we look at space, you know, uh, I just want to say this real quick. When we look at outer space, that is a prison that we are looking at. We are looking at the fallen angels, the seven main transgressors, are locked in chains, made to worship the sun. It's symbolic of them having to worship God, Jesus Christ, the sun, that it is they are forced and locked in there for 10,000 years to do that. And we look up at them every night and people think that I can wish upon a star, like Mimi said, that the morning star, Lucifer or Quetzalcoatl, is right. going to be the savior. There's all this star worship, astronomy, right. you know, ast right. uh, excuse me, astrology of looking to what my different uh, personality types are because the planets aligned in a certain way, which is true right. because we are ancestors of the fallen and they are forced to watch us be tortured by our own selves, which is actually on a larger scale them, and they're torturing themselves by rebelling against God and falling to this physical plane, and they mm -hmm. are being cast down here through light spectrum, and they are no longer in their heavenly bodies that are made to worship the sun, being the watchers of earth and not participating in earth, but they are now, uh, the light spectrum has left their heavenly body is sent down here and is playing out their own thoughts and mistakes. So yes, we do have these uh, planetary alignments that give us personality types and so on and so forth, but we shouldn't use that to our advantage in order to mm -hmm. avoid different things. No, right. we should That's challenge ourselves by bettering, yes, by bettering ourselves, by worshiping the sun. We should be doing what they are forced to do because we are them, because we're the fallen and that's where it gets into that we are in the time period of those who were dead who have now risen in Satan's short season, that the rapture has occurred. All of the heavenly people have been raptured to heaven. It's called the Carrington event. And now we are here doing what we are doing. And what you were saying about the box if you uh, and manifesting, uh, if you've ever seen the movie, I think it's called The Box with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. He goes, oh, what's in the box? It's a you know a famous audio clip that's always played. Well, what happens is people push a button. And if you push that button, you get whatever, you know, there may be a million dollars that you get. But someone in the world somewhere dies. And every time you push that button, you get what you want. But someone somewhere does something right. horrible happens. And mm -hmm. you are now directly affecting that. So like you said, when you manifest, uh, I think Mimi you said it, for it, you're yeah. paying for right. it in one way or another. You are hurting yourself because right. everyone here is a reflection of you in some way, some fashion. And if you're mm -hmm. just trying to please your earthly, fleshly, self-egotistical body by pushing the button and you're killing off your spirit and soul by giving that over to these demonic forces in one way or another... What good is it to have the riches of the world if you don't own your soul? I also think we're trained from birth to do that, to, to 
uh, require our desires, you know, basically, mm-hmm. you know, like from birth, you're wishing people happy birthday. There's the genie in the lamp with three wishes. Mm-hmm. There's right. There's wishing upon a star with Disney. There's genie the make a wish foundation. There's, you know, mm-hmm. there's, you know, holiday wishes and this wish and that wish. And there's a price. And I think through magic, I mean, I do think that there is some kind of magic hooked onto wishing, obviously. I, mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah. And, and you made a good point because, um, growing up, what do they always tell you? Uh, make keep a your nose down, study hard, work hard, you know, get, grow up, get a house, uh, go to college, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You are sacrificing. You're sacrificing your happiness and a piece of you to attain things that you don't necessarily have to have in life to attain joy yeah make a wish foundation what's their uh what's their logo it's a star right a shooting star yep Yep. and all the schools have planetariums right Right. so we can all worship that and when when you said worship the sun earlier Mm -hmm. uh did you mean the sun as in Ra, the sun god or no, the I'm talking sun about as in the son of Jesus Christ. Yeah, exactly. So I, I wanted to clarify that for people. I knew, people but I wanted confused. to clarify that. Yeah. Yeah. A Ra is a weird thing to me, and I have to do further. I'm undecided on what Ra means. It may just be a foreign language to us, and they that was their word for sun. You know, I've come across some interesting things uh, in my studies about... Uh, yeah, etymology, mm-hmm. ancient Egypt. There's a lot of different things that that go on and get perverted. So the mm-hmm. word Ra was kind of like a title that got passed down, and there were many Ra's, and this is in some aspects. So, uh, yeah, when I'm talking about they're made to worship the sun, I'm talking about it's symbolic for Jesus Christ, the sun right. that they are made to worship because uh, these and their heavenly bodies. And like I said, a shooting star is the the logo. There is no such thing as a shooting star. It It is a fallen star. It is a mm-hmm. fallen watcher, a fallen angel. And they pervert everything in our universe, in our world. Everything is perverted and inverted so that we slightly see things in a way that isn't true. You know, it's deception. So right. that we then grow up with this base understanding of something that's completely false. So that when we're all the way at the tippy top, you know, you're building a house, say, on one little pole because it's uh, built on a partial truth rather than a foundational with, you know, two different sides. But it's built on one pole. Well, then the whole thing starts to become slanted and it's way all over here when it should be perfectly foundational, foundationally sound right here, but it's not because it's built on a lie. So then it all comes tumbling down and people don't realize that you got to take it all the way down to the foundation. And any good carpenter or builder will tell you, you can't just build onto bad structural support. You have to take it down to the base, no matter how difficult it is, get out all that nastiness, level it out, do the proper steps in order to build the firm foundation. And when you do that with truth, well, who was the truth? Who is the truth? The spirit of truth, the way, the truth, and the life, the 
were conspiracy theorists, right? It's the truth the true that led the <laughs> yeah, way right. to the life. And those who rejected the cornerstone have now created him to be the capstone that encompasses all of us over all of us because they rejected the building block that all foundation should be on. It is the son. It is the only mm. one, Jesus Christ, who has this veil around him because of a lot of what the church has done. But the the conspiracy community, they talk about the satanic pedophiles that run the world, these Luciferian demonic people who run the world. These are all, you know, Christianity types of terms where they're talking mm-hmm. about the enemy as Satan, as Lucifer, as demons, but they won't acknowledge Jesus Christ as the truth when we have, that's the only one who's attacked, the upside down crosses, the... Right. Uh, you know, he wasn't actually God. He wasn't actually a real person. The Bible isn't actually real. You mm-hmm. know, all these different things that, that some person it. wrote a book. Yeah, yeah, to make money. <laughs> a lot of I, books. No, no I, I mean, I hear that a lot that God is not real. Uh, you just believe it because some person wrote a book. Right. Well, let me stop you right there <laughs> and say. Whatever it is that you're studying at that particular moment, if you're a <clears throat> truther and you wholeheartedly believe in, you know, Loki or, you know, whatever, whatever thing that you're into right now, right. You're, you, that means that's your God because some person wrote a book that you're reading right now. <laughs> yeah, like, so I'm just going to throw that right back on you. Behold a pale just horse. Saying. A lot of people use that uh, book as, you know, what Bill Cooper, he was this great conspiracy mm-hmm. theorist guy, which I guess he was, you know, he's, <clears throat> he did a lot, but I was reading that book and nobody has ever told me how paranoid this man was that he was so paranoid that he said in 1990, none of us should ever go to our family's homes on a holiday ever again because they're going to come for us then and we're going to be locked down. As soon as I read that, I stopped reading it. I said, oh, uh, this this guy is completely out of his mind. He is completely paranoid. And, you know, he was claimed to have Christ within him. But someone who is that paranoid does not have Christ within them. Right. They have so, a lot of, you know, people, a lot of like something you, else inside of them. Yeah, yeah, and Something. like you said, every book someone anyone <laughs> has ever read is written by man. God uses us all in right. different ways, mm-hmm. and everyone can benefit from anything. And I'm not saying that everything Bill Cooper said was a psyop or a lie or anything like that. I'm just saying that there is truth that you are comfortable, even though it's an uncomfortable world and you want to change everything, you have a firm understanding like all of us do here tonight, that we can change ourselves. And in doing that, we can then affect the rest of the world. But we don't just sit by idly and let evil things happen in front of us. We take the moral stand that God within us tells us, you know, like, Uh, I know that with the trucker thing, you know, I was uh, one way for it, you were another way for it, but that doesn't mean either of us were wrong. It was God within us was telling us to do one thing or the other because we are a full spectrum. And and if we all did things one way, that's a hive mind thinking. And we aren't that. And we don't want to ever be that. So we have to have the full spectrum. And what's right for me isn't right for Mimi, isn't right for Mm -hmm. Janet. That's just how life is. And I, when you perfectly accept that, that's when you are perfectly content 
And that's when the quote unquote manifesting really happens is, but I'm not even asking for it. God's answering me before I even ask the questions because I'm doing his will by being like his son, Jesus Christ, who was here to teach us the things to do and how to do them and why to do them. And when we use his word, the sword uh, called the Bible, and we understand the spiritual nature and the physical reality that we are in, and we understand the Old Testament for what it really is, and we understand the New Testament for what it really is, and we get rid of this veil and this shame and guilt that we feel about saying his name, Jesus Christ, say his name freely out in the open Mm -hmm. and watch your life change. It's even in your car, in your home, in the shower, whatever, start to say that name out loud and the veil will be diminished. You will be attacked at first and you will recognize Mm -hmm. that you're being attacked and you're doing this new thing. So you continue to do it and the veil will be lifted. I really want conspiracy theories, uh, podcasters to start to use his name and start to say their testimony out in the open. We need to spread his name and we need to cut the veil thin so that they live becomes real. The veils thinned and the, uh, the adversary, Satan, the demons, whatever you want to call them, the serpent seed, we can see them for what they are and we can rid them of the earth so that we can usher in new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem, whatever you call it. And we can be in the eternal state and never have to suffer any longer, or our children never suffer, or whoever, you know, generations to come, we never right. have to suffer anymore. Right. And, you know, um, I brought this up on a show before, but um, not only are we equipped according to, you know, God's word and God's teaching, not only are we equipped um through him to have the power to crush serpents. Look that up. That's a Bible quote, Bible Mm -hmm. verse. Um, But also that we are equipped to find the knowledge because the knowledge is there and all we have to do is seek it. Um, And so I want people to understand that, that, you know, and like you were saying a minute ago, we don't have to agree. We don't have to see things in the same light or whatever to get along um, and to be able to carry on conversations because every one of us is called to do something different. Every one of us has different gifts um, that we are supposed to be using. Everybody has a different way to view or see things based on what God wants them to do on their path and their journey. And so we are equipped with all of these different things to um, embrace our path here on the earth and to do what we are supposed to do and meant to do um, while still loving one another, even if there's differences. So I I think a lot of people lost that. Yeah. You, not the person next to you. You. I know the plans I have for you. Right. right. And when when you externalize everything, which Satan gets us to externalize everything, mm-hmm. when you do that, then you think that you have to physically change people's minds by telling them things, right. words. But it's not your job. Right. We right. like how I was changed was God just changed me. 
And when I realized that, like, oh, everyone deserves this amazing transformation, these, seeing these synchronicities right. and learning things on their own in their own way. Like, I couldn't have learned things in Mimi's way. I couldn't have learned things in Janet's way. I mm-hmm. had to learn them in my own way. And everyone deserves this <laughs> beautiful path. Right. And uh, when you just said something there that brought this to mind was Hosea 4, 6 it, in the Bible, it says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Like that, why are people destroyed? Because they lack knowledge. So when uh, we ask questions and people tell us, oh, n- just listen don't to God, don't, you know, just, just trust God. Like, but why? You know, there, there has to be a reason for it because if someone tells me just to trust something, I'm like, well, that's hive mind thinking. Trust the science. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. It, How many times we hear thinking. that? Trust your doctor. And, and Trusting when you're, the science is so anti-science off the rip. Yeah. <laughs> and, and when when you're not secure enough in something to be able to speak it to a lengthy degree to explain mm-hmm. it to a child, then you don't understand it. And therefore, you are just indoctrinated into it. Now, some people may just have blind faith uh, purely born that way, you know, right. or they grew that uh, at some point. But a lot of us, we need to know specifics. I need to know how things work, why they work, when they started working, why they stopped working. You know, I need to know all of that so I really understand it, which then allows me to do like that eight part series that that I did. And if I don't study things exactly the way I study them, well, then I can't bring this full breadth of knowledge to people who are non-believers and show them, oh yeah, the Bible's true. It's already happened. It happened here in history, here in history, here in history, here in history. And I'm not just showing non-believers, but I'm showing Christians too. Like, yeah, your book that you swear by that you believe I shouldn't look outside of that book at all. Well, guess what? It's talked about this, 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 this. I have so many different Bible verses, uh, Isaiah, Job, uh, Revelations, Mark, Matthew, Luke, John, Mm -hmm. all of the different, so many different books that just all of these events have happened time and time again in different areas and different ways. And it is a real occurrence. This isn't a make-believe thing that the, the book is just written by some man or men who are trying to make money who are then crucified for their beliefs in many different ways. This is a legitimate uh, chain link of events that only makes sense when you have it all together and you read it in a certain manner with a certain understanding that you can see that it, oh, it's all is God is this, the centralized figure. And then all these external figures make up everything around it. And even though things have been taken away from and added to the Bible and things have been altered within the Bible, it is a solid enough foundation. And people who know ancient Greek, ancient Hebrew, they can tell you like, no, this is from way back when 200 BC, you know, this is from 100 AD, you know, they have the document. So it's Mm -hmm. not just from 1500 when King James wrote it. And, you know, that's, there are too many people who know all these different languages, who would reveal it. I mean, there are so many people 
nowadays. You can learn all these languages yourself and you can do your own real research into all of it, which is how I learned the Bible and wasn't indoctrinated because I wasn't a Christian. I learned the Bible through conspiracy podcast that led me into Christian conspiracy that led me into the understandings of everything else. And then studying it myself, it brought new life into me. Like I never would have imagined. So when people just start to really get a grasp on how to read the Bible and why to read the Bible and include the book of Enoch in that, that's a major one that got me really started into all this well, then you're going to have a different outlook on life and you're not going to worship the Anunnaki because you're going to see that the Anunnaki, uh, the Sumerian story of history is the Anunnaki story, whereas the book of Mm -hmm. Enoch is humanity side. So you have the serpent seed versus humanity. And Mm -hmm. you can see like, okay, I see why they're bad, but they're talking about the same characters and these different ways, calling them different names, but it's exactly the same events. And people just lump that in. They're like, oh, that's just different perspectives. But no one really understands that they are different humans. These Anunnaki, these flying white men with wings and dragon, you know, they were half dragon. Marduk is depicted as a half dragon, half man. Uh, Like all these different Anunnaki are depicted as wings because they are seraphim. They were flying serpents. And Mm -hmm. they look like men somewhat, but they also look like serpents somewhat. And they are the seraphim. And when you start to understand that alone, you start to see how the reptilian thing is completely true. Lizard people, all that stuff is completely true. Where dinosaurs would come from if we talk about, you know, how do dinosaurs exist if God existed? Well, maybe they were just large lizards Lizards. and and Mm -hmm. dragons. Right. And that they were a real thing. And even though these large bones are some giants and some of those terrible lizards, but they also are angels, seraphim angels and cherubim angels and and so many different things. When you start to understand that, then you understand everything else. It all falls into place. So this is going to sound like um, a crazy question. Those are our favorites. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to say, you know, when we were talking earlier about how people can have different viewpoints and and still get along and not not despise each other because you have different opinions, there are some people that wholeheartedly believe um, word for word in the Bible. Hold on, let me put my glasses on so I can see. Um, let's see. Um, okay. So like, um, like you said earlier, uh, preterism, uh, believe the belief in that is that the events have already happened. Um, dispensationalism, there's, there's different timelines for basically like how, how God deals with humanity on those different timelines of thought. Um, But as far as like the different beliefs in millennialism, um, premillennialist people (laughs) may have an issue with, with some of this because, you know, believing that um, 
Jesus is going to physically return for the second coming, you know, of, of Christ here on earth in human form. Um, millennialism people a lot of times believe that there's, this is the final, there's a final paradise or final, um, earthly kingdom, I guess you could say here on earth. Um, and then post-millennialism, millennialism, people think that, um, the second coming is going to occur after we have this heaven on earth, basically. And so, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going to um, listen and their viewpoint may be one way or another, and they may not agree with some things or some parts or whatever. So how do you, how do you talk to people about this that have a different viewpoint? Uh, so, Okay, uh, so the the where I start at is uh, I think where I got my start was looking at the events in the 1800s, the 1700s and 1800s, and saw all of these destructive events having happened, that there was a civilization that ended. And right. it took a lot of research and a lot of understanding about so many different things, orphan trains, infantoriums. Right. Uh, the Declaration of Independence Build, buildings that we didn't have the technology to build at that right. time. Horse yeah. and buggies, uh, mud roads, but these massive buildings, these uh, mm -hmm. so many bricks in one building that it was more bricks than were available worldwide in an entire year. Right. Uh, there's more crystal palaces that have more glass used in them than was available worldwide without automatic glass. Uh, just. So many different things were occurring that doesn't make sense. And it took a lot of research to get there. Right. But I got to the understanding that there was a destruction that happened. And mm -hmm. then I started to look at the Jesus's prophetic words that what would happen? Wars and rumors of war. Then we have 1812. Mm -hmm. You have the worldwide war. You have World War Zero, essentially. Napoleon was taking over the world. Uh, he was going through Russia and also uh, in the Americas at the same time, but we're not told that it's a world war in our history class you know, in school, that you have the earthquakes. There's going to be massive earthquakes. Well, 11, 1811 mm -hmm. and 1812, the New Madrid earthquake struck the Mississippi River and reversed it for three days. Mm -hmm. uh, it, there was a series of three earthquakes from December of 1811 through early February of 1812, that literally reversed the Mississippi River for three days. That sounds biblical to me. Uh, right. the, and 1816 was the year without a sun, and Jesus says, the sun will be blackened out and the moon will not shine. Well, that happened in the so, year without a summer. Let me, let me stop you for just one second, because a couple of things came to mind in what you said. And this, this may be like crazy woo-woo, but I'm just going to go with it. Um, so talking about how deceitful Satan is and how uh, also deceitful the followers of Satan are on this earth at present time. So we had um, floods 
and uh, storms and, you know, terrible things that happened like that. And I want people to think to modern day times, who is it that's trying to uh, manipulate the weather and uh, seed the sky daily and create storms and massive rains and floods and tornadoes and all this stuff. And then think about who it is in our times now that is also working on blocking out the sun. Mm -hmm. So I just had to interject that there because you got the government, admittedly so, Manipulating the weather to create storms now and and cause chaos and For over havoc. hundred years. Yeah, and then we also have you know Bill Gates trying to block out the sun, and so to me, um, those are mimicking uh, the actions that happened in the Bible, but mm. for an inverse or reverse good because it's not for the good of God. It's not God's doing, uh, you know, how it's as above, so below. So it's inverse world. Uh, this is what we've got going on. So God does this in the past and this is what our present future is doing the reverse for Satan. Yeah. And China's making the fake sun and is making three fake moons. Right. I mean, there's so much craziness going on. I think all of those things that you mentioned, weather modification, government, medical, CERN, NASA, mm-hmm. you know, Twitter, I mean, everything, celebrity media, it's all distraction. It's all outside of us, outside right. of us. Right. We need to turn inside. Right. right. And I, and- you know, how I like to see the, how I like to explain what I think the, the you know, Jesus returning is like. Mm-hmm. is if you've ever seen the Halloween stick figure costume, you know, the light up stick figure um, costume that glows in the dark. If you imagine this instead of sticks, it was just covered in dots. Mm-hmm. If every one of those dots turned on, if, if every person would bring Jesus into them. We are all that one body. So if every one of us did our job and lit up and went inside and, and let Christ in, then that, that new earth or that, uh, heaven on earth, that final kingdom, that peace that everybody just wants, but nobody works towards, you know, would be here. Right. If we all had true inner peace, there would be no external turmoil. We have to do the work. We have to go inside. We have to get that light turned on inside of us. And that's when he'll come alive. Right. And look at like another thing that you said is, uh, you know, God said wars and rumors of wars. Mm-hmm. And yeah. look at our look at what our society is, and and we know in our society um, that a lot of people look to the government or politicians to quote save them, mm-hmm. um, and oh well, if I just vote so and so into office, we won't have war, or you know, 
this won't happen or that won't happen. And so it's taking your focus away from your relationship with God and getting closer to God and putting your faith and your belief in another human being, which mm-hmm. humans are fallible. Yeah. Everything is just sure. distraction. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, and this is part of my series is uh, the whole Q movement. It got very, uh, a, a lot of traction and it still does because of the, uh, you know, past proves future. There would be mm-hmm. the certain dates, things would be uh, laid out on the boards. And then three years later, they happen or something similar to that effect right. happens two years later. Right. And, and there was, all, magic. well, what everyone what has been distracted by is that yeah the illuminati are just now telling us what they're going to do through through this uh person called q and you know we always not that we've always known but we now that we are where we are in our understandings of how things operate is that there's this playbook that they play by and mm-hmm. they always knew what things were going to happen and when they were going to happen but then they let us in on the secret a little bit in order for us to think that there was some savior coming, they built all this hope up. And to me, what Q is, and, you know, I don't want to offend anyone here. I was into Q. Uh, You know, this was something that I was deep into doing all of these different decodes and Mike Pompeo tweets and Trump tweets and doing all these different things. I was deep into that. And then Christ led me out of that to show me that that is the deception, that that is the great deception. You know, you talked about Matt's podcast earlier, that that is the great deception, is that Q and Trump are the return uh, of Quetzalcoatl. Q, Quetzalcoatl, and Trump, Abaddon, 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 Donald Trump. You know, it's all laid out in word magic that that is the return of the Antichrist. They are two heads of the same beast. Quetzalcoatl was human and a snake. The Leviathan that's blacker than black, his son is Quetzalcoatl, who is half human, half man, who is now being reborn through the mother matrix, the black goo that is being put into people, put in the water supply, put in the air supply, put in the food supply, that is coming through this black box, that is being led by these billionaires with Trump at the helm. And together, this two-headed beast of Quetzalcoatl, of Amaruka, they are coming together as the two heads of the same beast, the uh, often you'll see in the coat of arms, the two-headed dragon, the two-headed eagle, double-headed eagle. That is Amaruka, that it is the double-headed serpent. It is a snake head and an eagle head connected. And it's not the snake versus the eagle. They are two brothers of the same thing that right. North America and South America are North Amaruka and South Amaruka. And you have the eagle is North Amaruka and the South is... Uh, South Amaruka, and you have them together. They are the Leviathan. They are Quetzalcoatl, and that is what Trump, uh, Musk, uh, Elon Musk is in that as well. Kanye, I'm sure, is part of that as well. That they're all on the same kind of team, but they are with this anti-human, this transhumanist movement that Q is 
a lot of people think Q is some kind of AI bot from the future. You know, Tyler or Taylor, uh, Texas. Look at look at Project Looking Glass. Yeah, exactly. We, we it's, know it's that linked. we know the technology exists, mm-hmm. um, and so that's a possibility. And I, I want to say too. Um, mentioning the the snake and the eagle together <clears throat> that is on our medical symbol you know you've got the snakes wrapped around the staff with mm-hmm. the eagle at the top that is our the medical wings. system yeah yep. yeah and so you know i just i i want people to understand that um, like for me personally, uh, we're going to go backwards for just a second. Um, for me personally, the Q stuff was, uh, was knowledge for me to gain. It was information for me to look into. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my life, I don't like to, um, follow anyone as a savior or, you know, whatever people can get very cultish. Mm -hmm. um in movements and in church (laughs) in church too um and and very cultish in in their beliefs and very um exclusionary of other people that don't um completely accept what they say Mm -hmm. uh it's the same for um the podcast community uh the truth community whatever you want to call it um, there's a lot of people that get this same, same way. And it's either you're all in with my show and everything I say, or I don't have any use for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't work that way. If I don't agree with you, so what? We don't agree. I still love you and, you know, whatever. I'm just that kind of person. But there are some people that are so defensive yeah. On their positions, I guess, and that's why I, I when I asked you um, earlier about you know doing the series that you did, and some people will be like, "Oh my God, like you're completely uh, blasphemed. You're going against what the Bible says." But no, you're what what they don't understand is that you have a view that may be outside what their personal thought. Or personal belief system is. Yeah. That and doesn't mean it's not acceptable because God says search for knowledge, seek it because you'll find it. Right. And there's uh I mean there if you look at Jesus's words alone when uh, like there's a couple more examples I can give real quickly is mm-hmm. he said the stars will fall from heaven November 12th, 1833, the Leonid meteor shower. It's recorded, depicted in artwork is that there were hundreds of thousands of meteors fell from the sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's 70 years, uh, well, this is Old Testament, uh, real quick, is 70 years Jerusalem would suffer for, Babylon would be uh, in charge for 70 years. Well, the Declaration, or I'm sorry, the, um, the Constitution was signed in 1788. It went into effect in 1789. 70 years later was the Carrington event in 1859. Babylon was in charge for 70 years. And it actually says, I think it's in Isaiah, it's 70 years and seven months, which was, uh, or 70 years and five months, I'm sorry, that went from March of 1789 to September of 1859. That 
was five seventy years and five months exactly as uh, it was said, I, or maybe it was Jeremiah. I forget what it is in the Old Testament. I haven't uh, done that yet, but I'm getting to that series. But uh, more things that Jesus said was, "This generation shall not pass until my return." Is that uh, John, uh, my the disciple whom Jesus loved the most, John from the Gospel of John, who wrote the Book of Re- Revelation, not. John the Baptist, that is someone else that uh, a lot of people don't know about, that he was to stay alive until Jesus returned. And uh, there's many lines, the, the one who pierced Jesus will see him return in the clouds. And then we have uh, all these different historians in 66 AD, three different historians record seeing cloud uh, warriors surrounding cities in the sky. And then you have the third temple being destroyed in 66 AD. And you have so many events where he returned already. But the one thing that they say, they call it the second coming. Not once ever does the Bible or Jesus say he's only going to come twice. They say he's going to return. They don't say two times. There can be more times. So he the the world was destroyed uh which in 66 to 73 AD was the tribulation where the the disciples were being hung uh, and just crucified and all these different ways the tribulation happened and then the church age then went on until about i think 476 AD is when Rome was destroyed and then the dark ages are from 500 to 1500. That was the millennial reign. And we don't know what year it actually is now. And there's so many things that go with that. But all of the events have played out. And Jesus has returned maybe multiple occasions. I've seen him in my sky. I have photos on my website uh, of the clouds. And it is Jesus. I just uh, was talking about it with Micah Turnbow on my uh, last episode, 122. So if you guys want to go check out that episode, he's someone who sees spirits and and sees Jesus. And uh, like I had Jesus return to me in my clouds, exactly as it says in the Bible. And it's not the second time he came back now. He's been here multiple times. He's been here the whole time, allowing us to do what we needed to do. But if you just look at Jesus's words alone, you know, to... A long-winded way to answer your original question of how do I approach people who don't uh, see it this way? Look at Jesus's words when he says, this generation shall not pass. This generation will see. This generation, it's multiple times. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they all have these different phrasings of Jesus's exact words that will be read in your Bible if your Bible uses Jesus's words in red. So. Right. That combined with all the, you know, like I said, the destruction in the 1800s of Jesus's words, again, they have all come to fruition already. The world has been destroyed. Like I said, it was destroyed prior to the uh, Millennial Kingdom, the, right before the Millennial Kingdom, after the Millennial Kingdom. And now we are at the end of Satan's short season, which it's being destroyed again. But this time it is not God destroying it the way that the second apocalypse by fire would happen. That occurred in the 1800s. This is a fake version, a Satan's version of right. manipulating events, like you said, using the weather manipulation and so on and so forth. 
mm-hmm. that they are trying to act. They're trying to play God by doing what they're doing, but they are just bringing on the real final ending of evil in this great white throne judgment. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And I, and I think, um, that's their playbook (laughs) basically because the more um, chaos and turmoil and uh, disbelief and the more they can pull you away um, from your spouse, from your kids, from, from God, from the church community, you know, from everything that is good in your being and every uh, ounce of uh, glory that you have for God, if they can take that away little by little, um, and especially on a mass scale, uh, with mm-hmm. the mass formation psychosis that our population is going through right now, um, the faster, in my belief, end times will come because the more deceit that they sow and the more people they can get. Uh, to turn away from God, even for small things, because there's a lot of people that will tell you, I believe in God, but then they're full of worry. They're full of fear. They're full of anger. They're full of irritation. Um, You know, they hook on the side or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, So you're not, even though you say that you're following God, you're not following God honestly you know yeah. what i'm saying inside your soul you're you're not to where you're supposed to be and mm-hmm. so i think the more um manipulation and and stuff that they can do to our population right now the the faster uh end times will come yeah they pull attention away from what matters inside by keeping us worried keeping us in firstly right. physically ill states Secondly, right. emotionally worried states and emotionally unstable states. Thirdly, mentally unstable states, which is either psychosis, like you're talking about, or mm-hmm. also that they are so brilliant that they can outsmart God, that, you know, that there is no God. Then, can't. <laughs> then fourth is the spiritual state of deception, right. which is these communicating with these demons and fallen angels and thinking they are for you or on your side right and thinking that jesus is just another guy an avatar an ascended master you know that type of thing so there's a lot of deception to work through in order to get to christ but if you can get straight there like mimi was saying and light up your self inside and like Mm -hmm. you're saying is that you let go of your sinful ways and to understand that sin doesn't mean someone's judging you for being bad sin means to miss the mark to miss the mark of what to miss the mark of perfection you can be Mm -hmm. more you can be better you can be more useful to yourself and your family and those around you if you are to stop sinning and uh you know there i'm by far i'm not without sin you know i don't think any of us uh claim that here that we still have vices that we are trying to get rid of and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And just because some of us have gotten rid of some things and others haven't, that doesn't make us better than them. And just because others got rid of things that we haven't, that doesn't make them better than us. It means we are all running our own race with God. Right. And that we will get there in 
our due time, but we do have to really practice repentance and just acknowledge the behaviors that we've done aren't good. And when it comes in the moment, don't do it. Stop yourself from doing it. Mm -hmm. And then tell yourself, I'm never going to do it again. And then just don't do it again. You know, you work your way into it. It's not going to happen. The first reaction when you're a psychopath who, you know, flips people off and rams into cars when they cut you off you're not all of a sudden mm-hmm. going to be all peace mm-hmm. and love you know it t- it's going to take some shaving off of all that nastiness to get you to right. the christ person that you want to be it's a practice but it's yeah it's that repentance of i want to be better today than i was yesterday i want to be better tomorrow than i was today god please guide me protect me and heal me in doing what you want me to do. And Mm -hmm. that will always keep you in the here and now, keep you grounded to what you're supposed to be doing in life on a day-to-day basis. And how, how do I survive in the apocalypse? Well, maybe the apocalypse isn't what we're led to believe. And maybe it's just a changing of the guard and there will be a little bit of strife, but maybe it's not a huge, massive overhaul the way that it's presented to us by people who don't have Christ and by the controlled opposition and by the psyops that are run all over the place. So maybe if we can just bring Christ within us stronger and stronger each day, each moment of the day, then it's just a seamless way of walking out of one life and into another and being the people of Christ that we were designed to be. That's what I was going to say, something like that. You you light yourself up by giving yourself fully to God. Like you said, not partially, mm-hmm. not halfway, right. not one foot in, one foot out. You give right. yourself fully as Jesus did. You know, it made me think of what Micah said about um, Jesus would uh, always be ready for battle. His human form would be ready to battle a distraction, any distraction. Right. Right. And that's the human part of him. But the other part of him knew that God had his back mm-hmm. and God laughs at everyone, you know, like, oh, my silly children worrying about the distractions when I've right. got this, I've got this. You just, right. you just come to me and I've got this. Right. God, I always drive past this one church and it says God wants full custody, not just weekend visitation. Yeah. Right. And and then it's so true because um you know when you when you build that relationship with him it, things come so much easier and I had mm-hmm. somebody tell me this before and I thought it was a beautiful sentiment. Um they grew up, you know, going to church whatnot and then they went through a phase where uh they didn't believe in God at all and so you know at that point in time, their life turned into total chaos and they got angry and irritated and all this bad stuff happened all the time and whatnot. And it wasn't until he started seeing signs, you know, and turned back to God. And he's like, my personality completely changed. And he's like, all that anger and that irritation and stuff, it went away when I chose to follow Christ again. Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful sentiment and and so true for a lot of people is that when you 
let go of the everyday distractions mm-hmm. and, <clears throat> you know, worrying about what Susie Jane thinks about you and whether Karen liked your clothes today mm-hmm. and if your makeup looks okay and, you know, all these other judgy things that, that humans do toward other human beings. Um, yeah. When you let go of all of that and let go of the drama and just decide, you know what, I'm going to heighten my relationship and live for God, all of that other stuff melts away and you won't believe how much easier your life is when you aren't focused on all that other stuff. Yeah, well, Mimi can attest to my transformation. I mean, she's witnessed it firsthand and I've witnessed hers as well. But I mean, mine, uh, I would say, was probably more dramatic or more noticeable (laughs) because of the personality that I was brought up with. And even though, you know, before I had Christ and I started waking up and all, I changed a lot of things about myself. It is, I can't even tell you the infinite amount of positivity and love that I now exude and the way that I handle myself with my loved ones with, and that's where it really starts is with myself and then my loved ones. And then beyond that, it changes, you know, it's, it's always right. starting within and then externally. Mm-hmm. It's the ripple effect, if you will. But Absolutely. Uh, she Absolutely. can definitely tell you, uh, I mean, how much I've changed with Christ. Did he get a gold star? Oh, no, no stars Listen. for me. You know, I'm not a <laughs> no, fallen angel no, no more. No stars, no wishes. <laughs> he got yeah, a, cookie. a cookie. I mean, I don't know if he wished for me, but if he did, he's paying for it. Uh, that's, that's the thing god just put us that's on right the path i mean together. We, we were wishing for nobody we were yeah. like i'm good by myself thank you yeah. and we just mm-hmm. did god's will and he put yeah. us together that's and right. that is exactly when things happen and i think that's beautiful when uh that plan comes together and especially when you're like i don't want nobody i'm not looking i'm never gonna get married again i'm never yep. gonna be in a relationship yep. again and then god's like I've got other plans for uh-huh. you. I think it was and like this same, yeah, the yeah. same year that you started working on yourself and had your like yeah, weight yeah. loss and things. And I was doing it like I didn't even know him, but that year I did the same thing. I lost a bunch of weight. I was focusing on me, you know, was had no intentions on going on any dates ever, mm-hmm. you know. Right. That's how, that's, you how know. It happened. that's how you know God is at play when right. you have all these people all around the world that you don't really you aren't paying attention to all that much. And then all of a sudden you guys are all lining up exactly with the same time frame and time periods. You're going through mm-hmm. the same events just in your own unique personal ways. Right. And that's how you know God is saving everybody from within first is because we're all being saved in our own ways, and it all starts. Uh, it all starts in the same way, and it's. I don't know if it's that hundredth monkey effect, or if you want to say, you know, the uh, one thing is causing another thing, or another thing is causing this one thing. Like, am I happy because I'm doing things differently, or am I doing things differently because I'm happy? Mm-hmm. You know, it's the chicken mm-hmm. or the egg effect. You don't know what comes first. But it all happens in unison, so it doesn't matter what comes. I was first. gonna say it's a ripple effect. Does it really matter what the source? Tearing is? up. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, I am. But I don't know why. Stop yeah. crying. Man, well, sometimes my spirit cries through me. It really That's happens exactly that way. Exactly right. 
That's exactly and, right. And you know what? That's a form of cleansing. And I yeah. tell mm. people that all the time is if you cry, it is because your body needs to get out that bad energy. So yeah. cry when, away. When God's proud of me for doing something. Uh, and I, I say that because I just have that personal relationship where I know where I'm feeling what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And when God's proud of me for doing something, he has me uh, tear up and uh, just... And I actually talked about it on my last episode as well that, you know, my spirit cries just because God is happy with me. And that's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the it's grace, happening live right now. The grace so. and the mercy that we receive. Yeah. Amen. I, I have to not make you cry. You know, before I couldn't even say the word grace without crying because it's it's so much bigger of a word than we take it for. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not even, you know, I'm not a crier. I'm not very emotional in that sense of being sad or or grieving. That was never really my thing. My my emotion was anger, but it's <laughs> just, I mean, it has to come out some way, and I don't get as angry to be able to tear up like I used to mm-hmm. when I was a an out of control teenager. But I mean, it still has to come out. Like you said, it's a cleanse that uh, yep. obviously my body needs, so it's coming Absolutely. out now. Absolutely. So I just want to. Um, I want to thank you guys so much for spending time with me today. I always, always love hanging out with you guys. You're, you're beautiful, wonderful people. And I want to, I want to remind um, people of something. If you have a difference of opinion with people, um, accept them for who they are and for what they say. Um, you don't have to believe it or, or, you know, think the same thing, but don't judge right. um, because it's not our responsibility on this earth to judge other people, uh, bad or good or whatever. So people you come in contact with on social media, if you're going to be on social media, um, especially people that have the completely opposite view don't hate them because of their viewpoint, because that's just where they need to be at their life at that particular mm-hmm. time. Uh, all you can do is pray for people. And that means everybody, uh, yeah. friends, family, and enemies alike. Um, and just pray that they find the guidance that they need. And when you, and, wh- and that's all you can do. Right. And whatever you put out, you get back. That's the algorithm of the universe. And whatever is happening in your immediate surroundings, whether it's someone commenting or something you're seeing on your feed or whatever, it is a reflection of you. It is a piece of you because everyone is you here. And it is a piece of you that you need some kind of knowledge, whether it's a a kick in the butt or... Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, just maybe it's a laughter or it's whatever it is that's needed. Right. It's a challenging thought that you need to think about. And instead of judging something uh, and being, uh, you know, above others by how you're so much better and you think so much more clearly and, and, and so on and so forth. Instead of doing that, talk to the person, ask yeah. them why they feel mm-hmm. the way they do. If, if it is that, big to you talk to them and right. say what you feel and listen to them well firstly ask them what they feel why they feel that way and accept it and then respond from there take a deep breath like Mimi said 
and I'm a softball coach, so this is you know worse than perfect because I've been coaching uh, my daughter again recently. Is that the pitcher in baseball or softball is in charge of the entire game? The umpire can try rushing them to you know let's go, let's get this move on. The catcher can say let's go. The batter can be up there. The coaches can be yelling, but the pitcher is in control of the game, and there is no clock in baseball. There's no clock in softball that you can take a breath and relax yourself before you engage. Engage. You don't have to follow anyone else's engagement rules. You are in control. You hold the ball and you are the one that's going to lead this thing in your own life. You are the main character of your own story. You are the hero of yourself. Just turn yourself over to God And he will save you and you will become your own hero by showing others how to become their own heroes. And it's going to be a ripple effect of magnitudes that I'll quote Trump here, you know, Mm -hmm. that, you know, never been seen before. You know, the the greatest. (laughs) It's going to be huge. Huge, I say, huge. huge. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. And, yeah, and you know, if anything that we talked about triggered anybody, again, don't judge because every second yeah. of every day is a stepping stone, and some days we're going to be on the same stepping stone, and then you're going right. to hear something somewhere or see something somewhere, and it may make you step off to the right a little. Mm-hmm. It happens. I mean, it, yeah. life is a learning process, and you're not always going to be on the same page. Right. With everything all of the time. Yeah. And, I wanna, and you can't every, fault people for that. I want to yeah. thank you so much for having us, Janet. This was such a fantastic conversation. You know, it, we, we were set out to talk about Christ Millennial Kingdom, which we did. We did touch on a good portion of it. But <laughs> but there was so much more. This conversation was so much deeper. And, you know, you're Dr. Janet. And uh, we, I think that we had some therapy. You know? <laughs> well, I had a crying moment. <laughs> we had couples uh, therapy today. Uh, but I think that uh, a lot of people will get a lot of benefit out of this conversation. Mm-hmm. And if you guys really want to dig into Christ Millennial Kingdom, my eight part series does a big breakdown. But each part uh, outside of part one, you know, that's kind of self-explanatory. But the other parts to it. Or you can spend hours, days, weeks, months on each part uh, of going to other people's research and doing your own stuff. You know, mine's right. just a jumping off point. Right. Yours and, is like the cliff notes. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. You, everyone's supposed to be doing their own research. But if Amen. you want to learn more about Christ Millennial Kingdom, I break it down fairly well in a linear type of fashion there's still much more to it that i haven't gone to yet like i said the Mm -hmm. rapture event i'm going to be working on that soon and also the start of uh the millennial kingdom or when jesus returned in 70 ad and that approximate time you know that's a lot of stuff in it itself josephus tacitus uh, so many different things that there's so much to this stay tuned yeah yeah so just go to the youtube channel goodness over darkness check it out for yourself and let me know what you think in the comments you know because there's a lot of information out there that i've put together that i haven't seen others talk about in christ millennial kingdom that when i listen back to it i forget about some of it myself and people tell me about like the connection with krampus and baphomet and and what Mm -hmm. baphomet is 
a, a French word that means baptism of wisdom, which is goes back to Muhammad and Mamet, which is the false god or idol. You know, there's so much wrapped up into it. I'm like, oh, well, like I, I've forgot. There's so much information that I forget <laughs> some of the things. So I love hearing everyone's comments because it brings forth to the front of my mind some things and it you know it, you never know when it'll trigger off a whole nother episode so right. say what you want to say and i would greatly appreciate it yeah absolutely and make sure um that you like subscribe comment share download um all of their episodes because they're wonderful mm-hmm. episodes like i said they have amazing guests that come on um they're beautiful people to talk to. And I, I just adore them both and love spending time with them. So um, make sure you do that because um, every every time you share something or every time you have a thought and you want to share it with them, um, leave a comment. That That's always appreciated by anybody in this community uh, just to know what you're thinking. So, yeah. yeah. And Janet's going to be on again in a few days here. The, the human race yes. seven, I believe. Uh, so yes. that'll be, be live. Yes, it will be. All right. uh, it's going to be, Woo-hoo. it's always a great time. I love having Janet on and everyone make sure you're liking and rating and reviewing Janet stuff as well. She is a fantastic host and no other show is like Janet's. She is really a therapist up here. So make sure you show your appreciation. Appreciate it. So I love you guys very much. Thank you again for joining me today. And uh, any final words for you guys? Well, we love you too. Yes. I said my final words (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) a little earlier, but thank you so much for having me too. Yeah. Whatever it is that anyone out there is going through, you can always turn to God and all you have to do is talk in the car talk in the shower talk out loud to your spouse Mm -hmm. talk but always focus your energy onto god and if you want a specific human figure that can relate to your struggles because he went through the ultimate struggle of being innocent being betrayed by his best friend and being hung up by these evil people who knew he was innocent and All he was doing was trying to help people and they killed him for it. He knows your struggle and he died so that you may know God within yourself. So if you want that human figure that can relate to you, he is on your doorstep begging to come in, but you have to let him in. Just like you have to let in vampires, you have to let in demons, you have to let in all these energies and frequencies. You have to do it with Jesus in the same way. He is there watching and waiting, and he is the most loving, kind father you will ever meet. There is no possible words to describe the love that your father has for you. Your father, Jesus Christ, the one who created this entire universe for you specifically. There is no love greater than that which he holds for you. So just open up that doorway and let him in. Amen to that. Whew, we just came from church, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. So for the three of us, thank you for tuning in to another episode. And we will see you next time. Have a great Bye. day. See y'all later.